Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M.com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. The Lunar New Year is here. It's a time of celebration for many Asian communities around the world, and it begins on the second new moon in winter and ends with the following full moon. This year's celebration began February 10th and will end February 24th. Just last year, the Boston City Council designated Lunar New Year an official holiday. So this year, the Year of the Dragon is the first time Boston officially joins in on the celebration. WBUR podcast fellow CCU went out to talk to some folks celebrating Lunar New Year in the city, and she celebrates Lunar New Year herself. That's why we got CC here today to talk to us about it. CC, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad. So, CC, you celebrate Lunar New Year with your family back in China. Tell us more about Lunar New Year and the significance of the Year of the Dragon. So, when I was in China, we usually clean up the house and put up some New Year decorations like flowers before the holiday. Mm-hmm. And my parents would, you know, put some lucky money um, in the red envelopes. Hey, we call, like lucky money. I know, like hongbao, and give it to, like, my um, brother and I. So that is, like, the meaning that they hope we can have, like, good luck and happiness in the new year. Mm-hmm. I just got my, like, lucky money, like, uh, 10 minutes before I got here. How much did you get? I got, like, around, you know, $100-ish. Okay, okay. <laughs> Some pair of sneakers somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like Christmas in China, but we got real money. In Chinese culture, dragons are like symbols of power, strength, and prosperity. Mm -hmm. The Chinese lunar calendar determines the specific animal associated with each year. And dragon happens to be the fifth animal in the cycle of zodiac sign. Mm -hmm. And it comes after the year of rabbit and before the year of snake. In Boston... How have you seen people celebrate here? Yeah, so different Asian communities celebrate Lunar New Year in Boston. Not only Chinese people celebrate it, but also like Vietnamese, Korean, and other people from East Asian countries celebrate this holiday in Boston. You know, for Chinese community, we have a great tradition in Boston, which is the Lion Dance Parade. Every year, I will go to the parade in Chinatown and also have some good dim sums in Chinatown with my friends. And last Saturday, I literally spent my whole night hanging out with my friends and cooking some really authentic Cantonese dishes. And we have a karaoke machine at home, so we literally sang all night to like celebrate a new year. You're telling us about the lion dance, where people dress up as lions for a traditional form of dance. Why is this particular dance so significant for Lunar New Year? Yeah, so in Chinese culture, the lion symbolizes power, wisdom, and superiority. So the lion dance is like one of the, the most important traditions in Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. It means to you know, bring prosperity and good luck for the upcoming year. 
And performers, you know, the line dancer, they usually wear like red or gold costume mm-hmm. and mimic the movement of the lions in their performance. So you can see like the lions sniffing around the food, lipping, um, chasing each other, and also like rolling on the ground. And those kind of movements require two members, one standing in front and holding up the lion's head. While the other one, you know, crunches beneath the tail and you know, move in synchronizing way with the the head to um, to complete the movement. And they're Every, dancing to drums, right? They're moving yeah. to the sound of drum music. Yeah. So you can think of like the drum beats is like the heartbeats of a lion. So mm-hmm. every beat associated with a movement. When the beats rise, it just means that they are performing a high move. You know, like lifting or something like that. So tell us about the history of the lion dance here in Boston. The Lion Dance Parade has been a great tradition in Boston, and I think it has more than 70 years of history. Mm-hmm. Felix Lloyd, the chairman of the Chinese Consolidated Benevolence Association of New England, he told me that um, the Lion Dance we see around Boston is the Southern China style, which is really different from the Northern China style. Mm-hmm. The Lofton ones is... Uh a lot of jumping, a lot of move around and chase the the ball, almost like you see they play the dragon dance. On the other hand, the Chinese, the Southern China people uh, always look for good luck, always looking for fun. So they usually chase, uh, go to a wizard and play, and then they look for the green stuff. Mm, what's the green stuff? So the green stuff is like the cabbage or like the lettuce. The pronunciation of this lettuce in Cantonese is sang choi, which is like generating wealth that mm. symbolizes wealth and money, you know. Mm-hmm. So they are chasing for the green stuff and that's process called choi cheng. So this is like a specific uh, ritual for the business. It's a ritual to drive away evil spirits and spread good fortunes in exchange for some lucky money. Well... What does this kind of tradition mean to people in Boston? So for the past two weeks, I visited two Boston Lion Dance troops, and I went to their rehearsal. One is the Boston Wong Family Benevolent Association, mm-hmm. and the other one is the Nuwa Athletic Club. I have a chance to chat with some lion dancer right here in Boston, and it's just like fascinating to hear that we share similar childhood memory, you know, growing up watching lion dances in the new year. They told me a lot of like fun fact of like how they get into lion dance. And Lucas Wong from the Wong Association told me that he didn't just learn the stance and movement of the lion dance, but also he hopes to preserve this tradition that he grew up with. I was an immigrant kid myself, so I was brought in by my friends. My friends brought in other immigrant kids together. That's how we recruit. That's why we becomes like a gathered place of all the immigrant kids. So basically, the Lion Dance just has been seen as a great vehicle to gather everyone together, you know, to have a space to hang out, to exercise, and also like, you know, enjoy the good food after the practice. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. 
I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from CCU. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first female lion dance troupe was not formed until 1998. Is that true? Yes. Here in Boston, I mean? Yes, you're right. So if we chase back to the history, um, the first lion dance group that I could find online is called... Um, Gong Hop Club, which is founded in 1948 mm-hmm. by a group of like eight Chinese teenagers seeking an alternative to Chinatown YMCA. And now they called it Boston Chinese Freemason Athletic Club, Hongqing. And it's later in 1998 that Boston had its first female lion dance troupe called Gan Gok. Why did it take until 1998 for the first women or girl lion dance troupe to appear? So back then, like, women were excluded from joining and performing this kind of arts because people believed that women didn't have the physical strength to perform this kind of, like, rigorous move. I talked to Newark Athletic Club, one of the female-only line dance troops in Boston, about this. We can certainly build our own strength and stamina to do a lot of the same moves. Um, It'll just take longer, and we might have to have different choreography. But it it can be done. And so I think the chance to preserve this, to bond with, you know, like-minded Asian-American women, that's what attracts me to it. So that is Connie Wong from Newa Athletic Club. Mm -hmm. She became a line dancer in the late 90s. But since her injury, she's now being a musician, the drummer of the club. And I also talked to Sam Wong, which is a member of the Boston Wong Family Benevolent Association, who helps organize the troops over there. He told me that in the old days, martial arts like Kung Fu was mostly studied by men, and it was a strict requirement for performing lion dance. And in the late 1960s, many of the lion dance troops in in Boston, they adopted like a gang-like rose in the Chinatown community. Mm-hmm. So... Being involved in line dance since 1980s, Wang told me this. In the old days, like when when different clubs you know do line dance, many chances you know, you know they may have a conflict, and then they might you know have to be get ready you know, to to fight. But now you know we do have a you know a female line dance club too. 
when our society become more civilized, <laughs> you know, we just don't have fight anymore. So the society has become more welcoming for you know women to study the lion dance and also perform the lion dance. All right. So you just talked to us about a lot of tradition. Where can folks go in the city if they want to experience some of these Lunar New Year celebrations? Yes. So we have the Lion Dance Parade that is happening this Sunday, February 18 at 10 a.m. It will start at the Phillips Square and feature nine Lion Dance troops. And the Wong Association will be one of them. The troops in the parade will have a you know, performance at the beginning and then follow different routes to visit um, restaurants and stores and, you know, bring the good luck and prosperity to their store. Mm-hmm. The Palsar Center will host an afternoon of arts, interactive workshops, and performance from 11 to 3 p.m. at 99 Albany Street. You can catch the new athletic clubs performing there and also demonstrating to the public how can you do a line dance. And also Chinatown Main Street also organized a Lunar New Year Cultural Village on Sunday from 10 a.m. at the China Trade Center, which is located at 2 Boylston Street in Boston. The events will feature arts and crafts specializing in Lunar New Year decorations, calligraphy, live dance performance, and more. So on Sunday, it will be super crowded in Chinatown and you will catch different lion dance group performings on the street while enjoying different kind of arts and crafts. You could also check out some good dim sum places in Chinatown with your family or friends and really immerse yourself in this holiday. Understood. Well, folks, make sure you get out there. Uh, Cece, thank you so much. For, for coming to hang out in the studio this time and, yes. and talk to us about Lunar New Year. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. That's WBUR podcast fellow CCU. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you want to get in touch with us and let us know your Lunar New Year plans, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. And now it is that time for me to let you know that The Common is produced by Caitlin Harrop and Franny Monahan with help from CCU. It's mixed by Emily Jankowski, Matt Reed, and Paul Veitkes. And it's edited by Samatha Joshi and Ben Brock Johnson. And our theme music is Me by Hisu. And from the newsroom of WBUR, I'm your host, Daryl C. Murphy. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>